My name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagner, and I am a clinical therapist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. How are you? I'm a little bit stressed this week. I've been struggling with time management and organizing myself to get things done. And this has been probably an issue the entirety of my life. Yeah. I've also been thinking a lot about time in general. I had a birthday recently, so I think whenever birthdays come up, I think about age, I think about what's happened in the last year, what's happened in the last week, what are my goals for this next year, so... I've definitely been focused on time a lot and also comparing even what it was like, time was like when I was a teenager compared to what time's like now. It seemed like when I was a teenager, classes lasted forever. Literally the whole school day, I would get up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I don't want to go. I don't want to deal with this. And then I'd sit through classes and like be struggling to stay awake in class. And the day seemed so long and the week seem to take forever. You sound better than me because I wouldn't stay awake. <laughs> you would just I sleep. I <laughs> actually would legit sleep. In fact, oh, I recall awesome. there was a time where I fell asleep on one of those, those I, like, I refer to them as the science tables. Mm, it was yeah, those black tables, labs. right? And I would pass out and then I would just wake up in a condensation puddle from my <laughs> own breathing. And what was even more humiliating was I had slept through to another class coming in and the teacher had not woken me up. So I literally woke up in another class, just like, oh, wow. And I grabbed my stuff and my leg was cramping. Oh no! So I kind of actually did a shimmy and I almost fell drawing complete attention to myself and then running out of the classroom. That's like the worst thing ever being a teenager and drawing attention to yourself. Are you kidding me? So it sounds like time just kind of got away from you. (laughs) My teenage years was uh, an example in just various forms of humiliation. I think everybody's teenage years were that way. There were many forms of humiliation I had to go through as well. The way I look at it is sometimes you either do the humiliation as a teenager or you do it as an adult. And I'd rather just do it as a teenager. Just get it done. Just get it out of the way (laughs) than in there. Be finished with it. Well, how about time now? I th- I find that now that I'm actually in a, a job that I really like, time goes much faster. And even in jobs that I didn't really like, I felt like time went pretty fast unless I didn't have anything to occupy my time. But I don't know. I feel like we're halfway past May. There's something that I, I read recently that was describing that phenomena of how time moves and feels like it's moving faster as an adult and the way that it was explained to me is okay so you know when you're traveling somewhere and you go the first time it seems a lot longer so long then the second time you do it it's a little bit shorter than the third time than the fourth time because you start creating little markers that separate your time from that one place to the next i always look at when i had to drive from chicago to a place like indianapolis mm. depending once you hit like a certain part you can determine if you have two two more hours left or how long it's going to be. So interesting. Because sometimes I feel like, maybe it's because I've dri- done the drive so many times before, 
But like when I go to Ohio the first time, I'm like excited, like going back to see family. I'm like really pumped up. I'm really excited. So the time goes really fast on the way there. So even observe in that space how there's that context of time. What we what we look at is those bookmarks are our feelings, what we're anticipating is going to happen. This triggers senses of worry, apprehension, dread versus the idea of looking forward to things, being hopeful. Mm. All of those things can alter our perception of time. So the article that I was reading was just, was basically saying that we experience time as adults much faster because we've rotated around the planet more often. Mm. And so by this point, our bookmark for what is a year, what is a day, what is a minute is completely different than when we're kids. Oh, so fascinating. When I ask Aveline, is school long? She's like, oh yeah, it's like the longest thing ever. A day, summer, summer as a child oh my was an endless just bastion yeah. of just pure, just debauchery of, of childhood. It self. seemed like it was going to last forever. And I now look back at, you know, some guests that I see are teenagers and I'm like, oh, how long do you have off for summer break? They're like, oh, two months. And I'm like, only two months? It seemed like when I was in high school or elementary school, it was like six months long. Yeah. And even that winter break that you would have, that would be like two weeks. That seemed like at least like six weeks. So I'd love to go back to that description that you're talking about of this drive to Ohio. When the context of time is you looking at it and its possibility and when things are opening up. And I kind of want to know maybe... What do you think it is that's happening that makes that drive so much faster when you're heading there? Well, it's pure excitement. It's it's something to look forward to. I think the whole, you know, day-to-day routine, the mundane, like wake up, go work out, go to work, come home, go to bed. That can just be, again, the best word for it is just mundane. Whereas when I go to Ohio, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to go see... I, and same with like weekends, right? I'm gonna go see my mom and my dad and my my nephew and my brother and my sister-in-law and then I'm gonna check in with some friends and I'm gonna go eat my favorite foods. We're gonna do all these wonderful things. It's gonna be awesome. Same when I'm like about to approach the weekend. I'm like, yes, victory. Like I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. I'm gonna go spend time outside. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go to this yoga class that I really love. So that's not just the day-to-day routine that you have to do. And I put quotes around it, have to do, um, to make money and survive in this world. I just look at that as even when you're describing it, you're go to gym, go to this thing, go to that thing. So is there a way that we could make our lives? Could we be excited for things that are coming? Can we create more excitement? Can we think and look forward to more things in our day-to-day lives? And if we really sat down and were mindful or intentional about bringing that sense of excitement to our day-to-day versus being, well, today is going to be a mundane Thursday. <laughs> I I do think I, that at this point I've put in place things that are exciting. Um, so I'm taking a pottery class. That's really fun. We've got this podcast, which I really look forward to. Um, and I do, you know, the workout classes that I go to, some of them are dreadful. They're just really hard. But some of them I do enjoy going to. So I, I think that I try to put things in place. And my job overall... I am grateful that I'm actually in a career that I really enjoy. So I think that lessens the mundane, but I still think there's this, well, I have to go to work. Everything else, though, 
I mean, I guess with the gym, I have to go to the gym if I want to be healthy and mm -hmm. fit and whatever. One of the things I learn a lot about time is, is, is through Aveline because once again, for her, time is so different, but also just being able to accomplish tasks in a timely manner becomes different when you're a parent because there's this little entity that can just quickly and surely just cut through whatever it is that you think you were going to do efficiently. So it'll be a task of, okay, Aveline, we have about 10 minutes, we're gonna go catch the bus, and we're gonna go to the store. Well, right as we're about to get to the door and I have her shoes on her, then it is at that precise moment that she realizes she has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and not only does she have to go to the bathroom, but it's gonna be a 40 minute process yeah. to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm which I feel would never have happened had we not had to leave exactly within that time frame that I'd set for her. Mm. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> um, and it, it creates this, this new sense of patience within me now to be a parent. So there's this, I, I always like to think of different cultures and how different cultures view certain things like mm -hmm. time. And one of my favorite things is a friend of mine had told me when she was in Jamaica, they have this term that they say, which is soon come, mm -hmm. which basically implies that I'll be there whenever, but I'll be there. And that's a perfectly acceptable answer to what time you'll be there or what time something will be done or completed. I love that because I think that in the society and, and how I was raised and how I am, I'm very much on like time constraints. I put myself on them and I'm like, okay, we're gonna go grab dinner at six o'clock. And then if people aren't there at six o'clock, I'm like, what the hell? Where is everybody? Why am I the only one here? I don't understand. I get anxiety about not being on time. And if I'm not there, like if I set up like a date, let's say, and I'm like not gonna be there at the exact time I said I was gonna be, I'll literally text them and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm running like five minutes late, so sorry. I don't need to tell someone I'm running five minutes late, but I do because I have anxiety about it. And just think about how the way your heart feels at that moment that you're gonna be late right. for something. It's like it beats so feels crazily. Feels like it's gonna be the end of the world. And then, yeah, I've gotten I've gotten to a point where like I'm shaking and you get angry with other human beings as you're rushing past them and you're like, I really need to get there. And then Yeah, get out of my way. <laughs> other people will justify just doing terrible shit to other human beings just to get somewhere on time. You'll yeah. like push another person out of the way. Mm -hmm. You'll be the rudest human horn. being. And then there's no excuse for that behavior, no. really. Nope but you act as if there is. You'll break laws, <laughs> break laws, just to show up on time somewhere. Probably, oh, honestly, it wouldn't shock me. And yet, it's you get there, and often, you're just forced to wait anyway. I know, wait for a table, or wait for other people to get there. Or, and that's the thing, when I, when I think about it, when I'm removed from the situation, and I think about it, and this takes me back to like that Costa Rica mind space of, does it really matter? Do I really need to be there on time? Like, why don't I just do, again, do whatever I want whenever I want, show up whenever I want, have other people show up whenever they want and not get all like turned up about it. I feel as if vacation is just a shorthand for freedom of time. Oh my gosh, it really is. And the concept of time. It's this shorthand for, I will not be trapped in this concept of time 
for a while. <laughs> Which is created by society, I think. Yeah. And our, our mindsets and how we push each other into, you should be here from 9 a.m. to this particular time. You need and, to work 40 hours. Right. And I didn't set up those rules. And it's interesting because those rules, as we see, are starting to change as we're existing in an economy where people are doing you know, Uber and Lyft and all these other things. So you don't have to be trapped to a nine to five job or Oh my gosh, sort of thing. someone told me the other day that they have unlimited PTO. What does that even mean? Right? And I think that this is again, one of those new concepts that people are coming up with that- Please put that out there, put that into the it, world, Rachel. It doesn't need to be a typical nine to five, Monday through Friday, you can, as long as you're getting your stuff done, you can take off work whenever you want, or you could work from the road, or you could do this. I think that we're shifting as to what work time restraints look like. And just imagine that, I mean, you just blew my mind. I know, isn't that crazy? This idea of, it's not, we're not gonna sacrifice time. Are you getting your work done? Yep. Are you completing the things that you're meant to complete? versus having to sacrifice your time. And that can mean everything. It's time spent with my daughter, time spent with my family, with friends, going out, all of the things that make us healthy and feel good. So Rachel, what would be, if you had to kind of name something, but what do you fear in your life that you wouldn't have enough time to do or complete? There are several things that I think about when I think about like fears and time and not having enough time. A big one is not having enough time to spend with my family. So they're six hours away driving and like an hour flight. So it's not too far, but it's just far enough where I don't get to see them maybe as much as I want to. So I think I do fear not having enough time to spend with them, not being more part of my nephew's life for sure. I think another thing I fear and going back to the episode that we, when we talked about moms, I also fear that I will not make a decision as to whether or not I want to settle down and have a family, whether it's kids or just get married or whatever. I haven't made that decision and I don't know if I'll make it anytime soon. So I fear that maybe that decision will be taken away from me with time. That's a big thing I definitely think about. I mean, that's a completely irrelevant topic across so many of the people that I work with across even my own life is how a lot of men experience time very differently comparatively to their partners, especially if they're in you know, heteronormative couples where they're with someone who is, let's say, in their mid-30s and all of a sudden there's this real discussion with a gynecologist or a medical professional that's telling them, well, you know, statistically speaking, you have this amount of time to freeze your eggs or do this thing. Or to have a baby. Or to, or to have a baby, out. right, or to figure it out, or all these other <clears throat> complications happen. And then they bring in that discussion to their partners who have a completely different sense of time right. because no one is going up to that guy and saying, hey, if you're not careful, you know, you're not going to be able to produce sperm anymore after a while. Right. And so... Another kind of aspect that I think of in terms of fear of time. So something, it's kind of a trick that has made me more present and grateful. 
Is this your fear of time? This is my fear of okay. time, but also a way that I try to manage that fear. Mm-hmm. So I think about how often I see my parents and basically over the last few years, it's been once a year, mm-hmm. which at one point I thought about, okay, when did my great grandmother pass away? You know, and that was kind of in her mid eighties. And I look at my mom and I realize, well, she's in her sixties. So I basically have, if I'm seeing her at a rate of once a year, I have about 20 more times to look at my mom. So it sounds like a similar situation yeah. as me of the fear of not having enough time with family. And I can't help but relate us back to what we were talking about earlier, that that sense of that bookmark, that sense of that context has changed with age, which then makes us so appreciative of the moments that happen. Oh, absolutely. So for me, a lot of, like, like similar to you, a lot of my fear is really just getting to spend time with the people that I love and is my energy going in the right place before it's too late mm. there's a there's a term going back to like my love of like cultures and how different people use different words to describe experiences there's like a term in Japanese culture called mana no ware, which has been described to me as kind of a sense of you know those moments when you're really happy and you start to suddenly realize that that moment that you're happy in is going to end. Mm, yeah, those are hard. And you're suddenly kind of just like left feeling like a little bit sad because it's your, it's like that moment on the roller coaster when you get to like the top of it and you're like, wow, this has been a great time, but you also know that it's coming down. That reminds me of when I was in Costa Rica. I remember talking about that trip and the day before I was supposed to leave, all I could think about was, oh, I don't want to go home tomorrow and I'm really sad, but I just had this like wonderful trip. So I got caught up in that a bit. And it's interesting to me that a culture can look at it not as a form of depression or sadness, but almost as a form of vulnerability, a sensitivity right. towards time. Mm-hmm. And I think in an American context, that doesn't exist for us. There's no word that describes like, hey, hey, uh, Freda. You know, I love working on this construction gig with you, and I just, I just wanted to say that I, I'm really realizing that this moment is passing both of us by right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's just like that's not a dialogue that I've ever had with anybody. Yet I know that it's something that I feel. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a platform where we can share this term with people, and maybe people can start to use it. Can you pronounce it again for me? Mono noire. Mono noire. Yeah, so it's M-O-N-O and then N-O and then A-W-A-R-E. Mono noire. I like it. I'm into it. Another question I think about too is if there was a moment that you could relive, what would it be? Forever and ever and ever. You just have this one moment and you get to experience it just on a cycle. I believe it was, now it's maybe two years ago. It was Aveline's fifth birthday and we were, we took her to a water park, a Keystone water park actually in Gurney. And there was nobody at the, there was this really long spinny tube and there was no one else there because you could pretty much stay at home, it was like nine o'clock. So it was like pretty late. And so Aveline and I kept doing the same ride over and over and over and over again and each time that we would do it 
her laughter and her giggling throughout the darkness of the tunnel of the tube and the way that we would splash out as we hit the end of it. It just felt like it was an endless moment for both of us. And I love that we could just loop again and again and not have to wait in line and not have to, you know, we just we just could have it all. And I really, really love that moment. What about for you? As soon as I think about this question, I think of several different instances. It's really hard to pinpoint one. I recently had a birthday dinner with like a really wonderful group of friends and I I was sick that day, unfortunately, but I just felt so whole. My heart was full. The people I was around and the energies that they were giving, it was just so loving and so wonderful. Um, And that was something that I just really appreciated. And then I have one more, sorry. I know I'm, I'm breaking the rules a bit. I'm sharing several moments. Please um, <laughs> share them all. Right? And then another moment. We have time. We do have time. Another moment was um, over the holidays, I spent the holidays with my parents and you know my brother and sister-in-law would come over and Rowan would come over. But there was a moment where we had just been done with Rowan and he's a three-year-old. So he's like running around and he's wild and he's so much fun. But It was just me, my mom, and my dad. We were sitting in their living room. They just got a brand new TV. And we were all like having like a glass of wine and we're so full and we're just all just kind of silent. But just the energy that was in that room again was just so loving and whole. And wow, that was just a great time. I would love to relive that. The ordinariness of those moments, but they're not these huge explosions right that they're just these tiny kind of like little things the way Aveline's hands felt the way that you saw like your your nephew and all of that it's kind of incredible it's kind of incredible moments are so important to be present for and to be mindful for because you know we never know and I know it's cliche but we never know how much time we're going to have we just don't ever know that goes back to you know our grief and loss episode we just we never know how much time we're going to have or or someone else there's a powerful exercise that's often used in act where you're asked to kind of close your eyes and the whole part of the exercise is to recall or bring about an image of someone that's really important to you. And so you close your eyes and you envision this person that matters and you go through this kind of envisioning of a file desk. of Every memory you've had with them, times of conflict, times of joy, times of stress, times of elation. And you're just going through and you're just imagining all these moments. And then they say, Now I want you to imagine that you're standing in front of this person and you only have one minute left. What is it that you'd say? And when we did this exercise in like a huge conference, and what struck me was everyone basically, no matter what their conflict was, no matter what was going on in their lives, 
Most people said if they had a minute left with that person that they had fought with or loved or whatever, they would just say, I'm grateful, I love you. All the positive things come up in those moments. If you only have that just short amount of time left, you want to leave them with how much you care. And so I think if we had to use the context of time, I feel it's so important to imagine that each moment is huge and potentially infinite, and yet at the same time is very, very small. I really enjoy that. I think it's so important to try to cherish every moment that we have with people. I mean, even just coming and doing this podcast together, I think that the moments that we share and the laughs that we have and the silly things that we bring up all the time, and even if we have little disagreements here and there, it's still, I mean, it's still just so wonderful to have any of the moments, good and maybe stressful sometimes. Because the energies that you get from those people and the, the bonds that you create with people or with moments or with nature and things, it's just so incredible, despite the amount of time that you have with it. As we wrap up this episode about time, which I wish we could go on and on forever and just record all the time, just let, let's just just into the infinite. Let's just, just have our own reality TV show where there's no, you know, we're not editing. Everyone just can see. It's like the Truman Show. Anyways, let's not let's not even go there because that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> Rachel um, knows everybody. <laughs> the, the jig is up. The jig is up. So. But thinking about this episode, I don't know, from the beginning of the episode until right now, I just got a huge sense of calm. I feel really, I feel like heavy in my chair, but like in a good way, I feel just like I got a big breath of fresh air. I, I sense that same resonance and I feel like that's coming from us being mindful to that idea of time, opening up and having this dialogue about something that we feel every day allows us to kind of capture it in this space and hold it gently. We're not forcing it to be something. We're not trying to do something with it to succeed. We're yeah. just simply describing versus evaluating or judging our We're time. We're just in it. We're just in it today. Ugh. My gosh, what a relief. I love that. I think that's something, again, we need to practice. And I need to practice. I've been rushing about this week. And maybe this week is just a, a rushing week. So my goal for myself, and I hope others maybe jump on this train, is just to slow things down a bit. And I will get there when I get there. What was the phrase again? Soon come. Soon come. It'll be eventually. Eventually, I'll get there when I get there. So maybe we can all practice together just this weekend, even taking a mindful walk or just slowing down and really, I don't know, capturing everything that's going on in that moment. Wanted to do something a little bit different this week. And maybe in the next coming weeks, we'll try to bring this in. A book called Morning, Noon, and Night, which is written by an author, Arnold Weinstein. Morning, Noon, and Night is this great book that 
collects all of these literature stories and then puts it into different phases of aging. Mm. So, um, so imagine looking at things like Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn as a description of what it's like to be a child, and then reading, you know, later on reading other books related to William Faulkner describing what it's like to age as an old man, or Rip Van Winkle, and what's it like to be old. So how does literature allow us to experience time and aging? So this book is really great and has so many beautiful parts, and I just wanted to make that recommendation out there. I also wanted to say that we partnered with a local store that's right around the corner from us, which is Volumes Book Cafe. It's located at 1474 North Milwaukee. And what we're going to do is we're going to have our little plaques that say, you know, this book is recommended by Mindful Chatter. This way we can really get out to the community great books that we think are interesting and fascinating and get everyone kind of aware of different ways that we can connect with the topics that we're discussing. I love it. I love this plan. So thank you to Volumes for helping us with this plan. Absolutely. So Alan is the producer of our podcast. You can head over and check out some more of his music at soundcloud.com slash Vibes. I will post on the website the book that you recommended and also maybe directions to get to volumes or at least a link for their website. Uh, our website is mindfulchatter.org. Subscribe to our channel um, and be the first to hear the latest episodes. We're up on iTunes as Mindful Chatter. We're also on soundcloud.com slash mindfulchat. Follow us on Twitter. Oh my gosh, we're getting so many followers on Twitter. I don't know what it is about this week. I'm hashtagging like crazy. So follow us on Twitter and hear about all the great things that we've got coming up. Um, send any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about to mindfulchatterpodcast at gmail.com. And this has been Mindful Chatter. <laughs> Lots of love. Lots of love. Thanks for joining on us, us on this one. I really enjoyed this time. See you next time.